Good evening, everyone. Trust you all doing well, and then welcome to those that are joining us on Zoom. Wow. Hey, let's give the Lord a hand of applause. That was so beautiful. So, so beautiful. And the thing is, he initiates it. We just respond. Let's close our eyes, and then we're going to get into the word. Father, we want to thank you. But your word says, where two or three gather in my name, I am in their midst. Just the very reality of us coming together this evening, you are with us. You are with us, Lord. And so tonight, I, I want to ask you, Holy Spirit, as we feed on your word, that you would enlighten our hearts Open our minds, open our eyes to see that which you are wanting us to see. Open our ears to hear that which you are wanting us to hear, Lord. And may none of us walk out of this mine auditorium the same. We sang about we need a move and you are the move, Lord. Move within our hearts tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, amen. So we've been on this journey of saying yes to Jesus, and I think you would have found the last couple of Sundays very um, interesting and wonderful. I like to often um, backtrack and look at what we've done so far, and I, I, if I can remember the sermons, I remember the one um, that Mamiela did with the ladder. Anybody remember the, the ladder with Mamiela? And the higher you go, the better your perspective becomes. And then we had Pastor Louis come in, speak about our yes to Jesus in relationship to our finances. How many of your weeks were changed by that? <laughs> Tonight, we are going to speak on a topic that we've often heard spoken about. But tonight, I want to angle it a little bit differently and actually show you what we are really partaking in when we speak about communion. And I've asked intentionally that the cross is put up um, so that that is at the core of our, our minds as we work through the scriptures this evening. I'm not going to work alone, so I want you to get your devices out or your Bibles. We're going to feed on some word tonight. Are you ready to feed on some word tonight? Okay, let's feed on some word. I've titled the message of my sermon, The Covenant Meal. The Covenant Meal. It's not a term that is often used in our day and age. We, we know it um, in the Christian context because of marriage and being in a covenant marriage. But how often do you come across a conversation and go, oh, we're in covenant? No, we don't. We are familiar with contracts, eh? And so if we are in agreement with someone and they don't, do their end of the bargain, we can easily back out of our part of the bargain because it is a contract, and that's how contracts work. Right. So here's an example. Stephen and I are in an agreement. We're going to buy new chairs. Stephen says he's going to put 40 grand down, and I say I'm going to put 60. We wish, anyway. <laughs> but I put the 60 down. And, yeah, look, eh? we, we're, not, we're playing with the big boys. <laughs> I put the 60 down, and Stephen goes, I've got nothing. What happens to me? What can I do? I can walk away. Go, I'm not going to buy these chairs on my own. 
we went into this together and you want me to buy it on my own. I can back out of the contract. Not so with covenant. Covenant is binding. And the covenant meal is something you need to understand as you partake in it. And so I want to walk us through a journey this evening of understanding covenant. Anybody with me to understand that tonight? Can I tell you just in preparing this word, I think I've cried like twice. Once yesterday I was busy washing dishes and, and thinking through this thing. And my little girl, she's here at the back, she walked in and I was like, Yes, Lichle, what do you want? But I was in tears just thinking and meditating on the word because if you look at what Jesus Christ has actually done, man, man, you can't walk away the same. And so what covenant is, it's actually binding. This is what covenant is. If I'm in covenant with someone, even if they don't bring their end of the bargain, it still holds me to my end. God entered into covenant with man when he created us. I want you to turn with me to Genesis 2. If you've got your Bibles, let's go to Genesis 2. It doesn't specify it there and say covenant, but I want to read it to you. So in Genesis 2, we call it the Adamic covenant that God entered into. It's often known as the covenant of works. So here we have a God who enters into a covenant with his creation. And he goes, I will provide you everything you need. That's his oath. That's his promise. Everything you need, I will provide it for you. On one condition, that you obey me. There's an agreement between God and Adam and Eve, there's a covenant there. There's a covenant. Let's read it. If you look at um, Genesis 2, and it says this. Um, okay, here we go. If you go to Genesis 2, to verse 15, this is what the Lord says. The Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man... You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. Then the Lord said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a suitable helper. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field, all the birds of the air. He brought, them in, he brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air, the beast of the field. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So God caused the man to fall asleep. And while he was asleep, he took one of his ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Then God made a woman from the rib. He had taken out of the man, and he brought her to him. And the man said, This is now bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, and she, um, she shall be called woman, for she was taken out of me. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, and be united to his wife. Here we see God forming man. And already, 
There's a promise in this covenant of reign, reigning, rulership, dominion. He says, I will provide for you. You will be um, in communion with me, but I'm going to give you authority to reign. There was a covenant agreement between Adam and God. There was relationship. There was a relationship to the point that God would walk in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve. There was a covenant between Adam and um, between Adam and Eve, but between Adam, Eve, and God, there was a covenant. And we all know what happens in that story. <laughs> the one thing that was required for that covenant was obedience. Yet Eve chooses otherwise. So what happens? The covenant is broken on Eve and Adam's part. But note this. Because God makes oath and he keeps his word, it wasn't broken on God's side. And so throughout the scriptures, we see God then plan this redemptive story to still bring us back to our place so that he can fulfill his covenant commitment to us. I want to use this as an example. Can you stand here, Stephen, please? Just said, now Stephen breaks his commitment in a contract. I can walk away. There's no more agreement. Covenant. Adam and Eve mess up. God is in covenant with them. They mess up. God is still bound to that covenant because of his word. I'm going to walk you through the scriptures now, but throughout history, it shows how God tries to find a man or woman to stand in this place and be in covenant so that he can still fulfill his part. Yet he finds no one. And this is the beauty of what Jesus has come and done for us. Thank you, Stephen. I want you to turn with me. You got your Bibles? You still following with me? So all Adam and Eve needed to do was be obedient, and they couldn't fulfill that. In Genesis 6, verse 18, we say that God is on this journey now trying to find this place where he can have this covenant still work and he can still fulfill his part. In Genesis 6 verse 18, I want you to turn there with me. Genesis 6 verse 18, God finds a man called Noah. Okay? Finds a man called Noah. And we all know the story of Noah and it says this in Genesis 6 verse 18. And I want you to spot the word covenant. It says here, in verse 18, but I will establish my covenant with you. He's talking to Noah. He says this, I will establish my covenant with you and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your son's wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, every kind of animal, and every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. Listen to verse 21, 22. Noah did everything just as God commanded. So we remember that story. God wipes out the earth with a flood, keeps eight people alive. Okay. After that, a rainbow's in the sky, and he says, that's a promise to us, covenant promise. He says, never again will I flood the earth. What happens after that? 
We all know. Righteous for a while, then they go astray. I want you to follow with me now. We get to Exodus 2 verse 42. um, Exodus 24 verse 9. So in Genesis 9, we know Genesis 9 with the story of Noah. Beautiful rainbow in the sky. They live, but then the people still go astray. We are unable to fulfill. God finds one person, yes, Noah. He does everything God commands him to. But then as the generations go, somewhere, someone goes astray. And then in Exodus 24, I want you to follow with me now. If you can go to Exodus 24. So that was the Noah, the Noahic, the Noahic covenant. Now we get to the Mosaic covenant where we're talking about Moses. We all know the story about Moses, how he led the people out of Egypt and how the God, our God did wonderful wonders to show that he is God. But I want you to read from verse 24. So go to Exodus 24 verse 9. So here the people are, okay? Generations later, okay? They've just been led out of Egypt. They've just been set free. We all know what happened there. A few of the pillars of the community went up with Moses and Aaron. I'm going to read it for you now. And what happened while they were on the top? We all know what happened. Down there, they were making calves and idols. They were carving out idols. But here's what I want you to note. In verse 24, it says, under the heading, covenant confirmed. Then Moses said, come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. You are to worship at a distance, but Moses alone is to approach the Lord. The others must not come near, and the people may not come up with him. When Moses went and told the people of the law of the Lord's words and laws, they responded with one voice. Everything the Lord said we will do. Moses then wrote down everything the Lord had said. He got up early the next morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and set up 12 stone pillars representing the 12 tribes of Israel. And he sent at 12 tribes of Israel. Then he sent young Israelite men, and they offered burnt offerings and sacrificed young bulls and fellowship offerings to the Lord. Moses took the blood and put it in bowls and other, and, sorry, Moses took half of the blood and put it in bowls, and the other half he sprinkled on the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it to the people. They responded, we'll do everything the Lord has said. We will obey. Moses then took the blood, sprinkled it on the people, and said, this is the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Moses, Aaron, Nahab, and Abihu, and the 70 elders of Israel went up and saw the God of Israel. Under his feet was was something like a pavement made of sapphire, clear as the sky itself. But God did not raise his hand against these leaders of of the Israelites. They saw God and they ate and drank. The Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and stay here, and I will give you, this is very important with where I'm going, note this, and I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and commands I've written for their instruction. Then Moses set out with Joshua, his aide, and Moses went up on the mountain of God. He said to the elders, wait here for us until we come back to you. 
Aaron and her are with you, and anyone involved in a dispute can go to them. When Moses went up on the mountain, the cloud covered it, and the glory of God set Um, settled on Mount Sinai. For six days, the cloud covered the mountain. And on the seventh day, the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud. To the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on the mountain top. Then Moses entered the cloud as he went up on the mountain and he saw and he stayed on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. Again, covenant has an agreement, and has requirements. Your God is in a covenant with the Israelites, and he's saying, I'm writing my laws on stone so that they may obey it. But we know what happened with that story. We know what happened when they came down. It's easy to say, I'm going to obey, but when push comes to shove, hey? And then generations down the line, we still couldn't obey God. And here God is still bound to this covenant that he's made with us, that he tries to find someone, and he finds no one worthy. No one. You know what he does next? To be able to fulfill his covenant commitment to me. Stephen, will you come up and stand here again? Illustration. Humanity has failed. We say we love God. We say we want God. We see throughout the scriptures you have one righteous king ruling. Three generations down the line, someone goes, I'm not following the Lord. Then two generations later, someone rises to the point where the people actually went into exile because they could not keep their promise to the Lord. Yet here God is still bound to his covenant with us. So what does God do? In this redemption plan, he comes in the form of Jesus, to fulfill our part and his part. God says, I love you so much. I will keep my promise to you that I made to you by coming down in the form of a man, fulfilling your part and my part for you. Guys, just think of that for a moment. We have nothing to offer God. But he has everything to offer us. He has come through his son to fulfill what I could never fulfill. I could never, never. Even if I tried my very best scripture, show us. Men and women after one another. They tried, but they couldn't. I want you to turn with me to Jeremiah. Jeremiah 33 verse one, 31 verse 31. Told you we're going to read our Bible tonight. Now, I hope you're not on WhatsApp. Jeremiah 31. From verse 31. You there? 
I'm going to read it to you now. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. The old covenant, the laws were written on stone. The new covenant, God writes it on your heart. It is not something that is... It is not something that is, it's not fulfilled externally where it's written down and I have to go no to that, okay, yes to that, no to that. It's not that. It's on the tablets of my heart because of relationship and because of that passion I respond out of obedience. My behavior, my behavior, my external behavior is because of my passionate deep love in my heart. Obedience doesn't start with action. It starts in the heart. It starts in the heart. He says, I will make a new covenant with them. A covenant where the laws that I have for them are written on their heart. Let's continue reading. You've got your Bibles. I want you to see it. I will put my law in their hearts and write it on their hearts, in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. This is what the Lord says, he who appoints the sun to shine by day, who decrees the moon and stars to shine by night, who stirs up the sea. This is the God that makes this oath. Now remember, in the beginning when we broke our oath, he was still bound to his part of the oath. And he worked through the generations to still fulfill his oath. So if he's saying that about the new covenant, you can take it. It will happen. It will happen. We will be his people. He will be our God. And he made that possible through Jesus. And that's why I put the cross on tonight. We are no longer bound by the old covenant of law where we have to fulfill every single one of those commands or else we don't meet God's standard. We couldn't do it. We still can't. And so to tell you tonight, you can't fulfill that without Jesus. And here's the wonderful thing. He's already fulfilled it for you. I can walk out of this building today because I'm in relationship with Jesus and he's already done what I needed to do. And so that's why the scriptures say to come to the Father, you have to go through the Son. Because he's already done what you were supposed to do. And for the, for the laws to be written on my heart, 
all it takes is a relationship with Jesus. And can I tell you this? It's not fake. I'm not talking about feeling and emotions now. Yella, hear me. Hear me. Please hear me. I'm talking about the fresh revelation of who Jesus Christ is in my life. And because I love him with all my heart, I want to be obedient to him. I want to love my labor as I love myself. I want to love God with all my heart, soul, and strength. I want to do those things because I love him. No one on this planet is ever going to love you like that. No one. No one. No one. No one, guys. No one. But if you can't settle that for yourself, you are going to walk through your life looking for something to satisfy you that never will. Never will. We were made. Ntsaka, your word. We were made. Not a mistake. Good, good father, perfect in all of your ways. We were made to be in covenant with God. That's why I was made. I was made to be in covenant with God. And if I settle for anything less, it does not glorify God at all. Jeremiah 31 verse 34, I will make a new covenant. So this was a prophecy prophetic word. This word was before Jesus came. But God knew my redemptive plan is having my son come and step into their place. So I can still. Who does that, you guys? Who does that? Who comes when an agreement is broken and steps in for that person and themselves just so that they can fulfill that agreement? Nobody does that. Nobody does that. But the God we serve does that. He says, I will fulfill my part because I love you so much. And this is the promise. He wants us to rule and reign with him. He wants us to have dominion. He wants us to be in relationship with him. It was always about that. He wants to be our family. He wants us to be his family. I love your word tonight in Tsarko. Welcome home. There's some of you sitting here tonight and you're not even sure if you're in covenant with God. And that's why I call it covenant, because we don't use that terminology these days. Contracts are easy. It's easy. If you're not playing your part, I can get out of it. I'm guilty of that. We're all guilty of that. If you're not playing your part, I'm, I'm, bye-bye. Not so with covenant. And here we see a God who keeps his promise through the ages to the point where he comes and steps into the situation himself to fulfill that covenant. Now, let's go to Luke. This is actually where we want to be. <laughs> I mean, sorry, um, Second Corinthians. Okay, now you're really going to go, Tish, are you okay? It's First Corinthians 11. <laughs> okay. 1 Corinthians, I'm so grateful for my notes. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 23. Here we are. Okay. From verse 20, let's do it from there. When you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper you eat, 
For as you eat, each of you goes ahead without waiting for, another, for anybody else. One remains hungry and another gets drunk. Do you have homes to eat and drink? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? I want to say this as we continue because we're going to talk about the Lord's Supper now. We cannot want to be reconciled to God and not be reconciled to his body. You cannot come to me and say, I want to be made right with God, but I got an offense in my heart with someone that's in the body of Christ. It doesn't work like that. And so even tonight as we speak about the Lord's Supper, I want to invite you to check your own heart. Make sure that being reconciled to God for yourself means being reconciled to his body too. The Lord Jesus on the night, verse 20, 23, the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, look at this. This cup is the new covenant. What did Jeremiah tell us the new covenant will be? He will write his laws on my heart. I will be his person and he will be my God. Jesus, on the night that he was, before he was crucified, and I don't think the disciples thought of that. He's saying to them, guys, here's the new covenant. It's coming into play. It's happening. This is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread or drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats the bread and drinks the cup. For anyone who eats the drink without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. And I'm, I, it's not... Can I just clarify this for you? And I think we're all aware. It's not that I have to be perfect to come to the table. It's not that at all. If we're sinning, we should be coming to the table and remembering what Jesus has done for us and being reconciled to him. It's what I've just said now too. Doing it in an unworthy manner is, God, I want to be reconciled to you, but I've got an issue with my brother here. It's that type of thing. When you come to the table, it's, God, help me. I am a sinner. Help me to remember what you accomplished on the cross. Help me, cleanse me, reconcile me. There's three things that happen when we come to the table. One, we remember what Jesus has done. Two, the word says we proclaim his death until he comes back. And number three is reconciliation. Reconciliation with God and one another. And so as we partake of the covenant meal tonight, Covenant's no joke. I took Holy Communion this morning and I was in awe. And I mean, I've taken Holy Communion a couple of times. But when I recognize what Jesus actually came and did, that when I partake, I'm partaking in the covenant meal of the new 
covenant. What Jesus has already accomplished for me. Now, if I can ask the worship team to please come up. We want to give you an opportunity to partake of the covenant meal. And we've actually got three stations for you. I know some of you might be sitting here this evening going, I don't even know if I'm in covenant with God. That's okay. Stephen, if you wouldn't mind standing here. If you don't know if you're in a covenant relationship with God, you can enter one tonight. You can give your heart to the Lord tonight. Stephen is going to be over here, and he's going to lead you in a, a prayer of admitting that you have failed, confessing that Jesus is Lord and Savior, and believing in your heart. That's the requirement. That's all you need to do to be in relationship with the Lord, is just believe that what he's done, he's actually done for you. And so if you, and, and Hannah's going to be there too. And so if you aren't in a covenant with God, tonight can be different for you. Enter into what he's already done for you. And then partake of his sacrifice. The second station, Saku's going to be here in the middle. If you feel that I have given my heart to the Lord, but I have wandered off and I'm doing my own thing, can I tell you? It's because you're doing your own thing. You're doing it. He's already done it for you. Ntaku's going to pray for the infilling of the Spirit because it takes the power of the Spirit for us to live the life Jesus has already died for us to live. And so if you feel like, I don't have what it takes to live this life, come and be prayed for. We'd love to pray for you to get filled by the Spirit again. And you can partake in the frontier with your communion. Yes, if there's, does everybody have elements? Put up your hands if you don't have elements and they'll get it to you. Thank you. Thanks, Jono. Then there's a third station. And tonight we really sense we want to pray for healing. Healing for those that are sick in their bodies. Any form of sickness. Part of the promise of the new covenant. It says by his stripes we are healed. We can take that. And we can pray and trust the Lord for healing in your body. If you are not feeling well, please come. I'm going to be here in the front. And I'm going to pray for those that are not well tonight. And we're going to trust the Lord that as we partake in his covenant, the new covenant promise, the new covenant that he has poured out his blood for, that we trust the Lord for healing in your body. And for the rest of us, as you take of the elements, remember, proclaim, and be reconciled. Father, tonight we want to come and we want to say thank you. Thank you for that which you have accomplished for us that we could never accomplish on our own. Thank you, Jesus, for the price that you paid so that we could be at home with you tonight. I pray that as we partake of the elements now, that we really would remember that we proclaim your death until you come back and that we would be reconciled to you and one another, whether that by healing, making right with someone that we're not in right relationship with, Lord, I pray that by your spirit you would move us. Thank you that you are good, good Father. In Jesus' name, amen. You're welcome to come to the front for prayer.